Hello and welcome to the podcast. The Capgemini Research Institute released a report called Emotional Intelligence, the Essential Skill Set for the Age of AI. I'm here with Claudia Crumminal and Tim Janish, Managing Consultant of Digital Human Resources at Capgemini Invent. Hi, Claudia and Tim. Hello, Graham. Hi. Claudia, I first want to have a, a quick conversation with you about why is emotional intelligence becoming more important today? It's um, actually a question that is in the news everywhere. And, and our take is, is really AI and automation are fundamentally changing the way we live and work. So when you look at that, the question is what's left for the humans, right? So if technology and, and, and AI can take over tasks that are, that are rational, that, that are repetitive, um, the essence of being human is emotions and dealing with emotions. So that's going to be key for workers to thrive in the age of AI. Um, and usually when, when, when I talk to clients, what, what I talk about is how, like, where can we see proof that that's actually the case? And my most prominent example is Elon Musk, who, um, with the introduction of the Tesla 3 model and in, in, in his uh, production plan that was to be highly automated and almost have no humans, um, had to um, dial down on the automation and, and, and the technology he, he, he implemented. And the statement he gave in a CBS interview was actually... Um, it, the, the, the excessive automation was a mistake. He, he under, uh, underrated the human element in this. So um, companies are realizing this as well. So there's there's a need. Um, I think that that we we see in our study um, that a need that's coming from from our clients and that that we can uh, see in our business conversations. Um, and that's why really um, we wanted to dive in more in understanding what is this emotional intelligence and and how can we how can we implement it that's really interesting and i want to bring tim into this conversation and just introduce you know what is emotional intelligence what is this thing that is now so important uh today what is emotional intelligence and maybe why is it important for employees of all levels in organizations? Yeah, great. Thanks for the question. Uh, thanks for the question, Graham. Yeah, I think at, at a fundamental level, emotional intelligence is the ability of people um, within organizations, without with outside of organizations, to recognize, understand, and perceive emotions effectively in daily life. We look at this in, in four dimensions. Um, two of those dimensions are internal. Two of those dimensions are external. If we look at the internal dimensions of emotional intelligence, we have what we call self-awareness, and that's the ability of the individual to understand their own emotions. We also have self-management, which is the ability of the individual to control their own emotions. If we move to the external dimensions, we have social awareness, which is gauging, reading situations um, and the emotions of other people who are around you. And we have relationship management, which is managing interactions that we have each other with each other based on emotions, things like coaching or teamwork or influence or conflict management. I think this is this is becoming this is becoming very important because as Claudia said, um, 
as more and more routine tasks become automated, what we're going to see is that for a lot of jobs in an organization, the focus um, will shift to those unique human capabilities that, that machines simply can't master. We don't really know what's going to be left for humans um, 5, 10, 15 years in, in, the, in the future, but that certainly is our expectation, focusing on the unique human capabilities that machines can't master. In the age of the machine, in the age of automation, emotional intelligence skills um, will be important for employees at all, level of the, all levels of the organization, both managerial and non-managerial. But we see them being critically important for non-managerial non-managerial employees to enable those uh, employees to remain relevant within their organization and relevant within the overall labor market and to enable those employees to take up more value-adding value uh, activities and jobs. I mean, to add on that, um, I think what you can see already um, that with increasing technology and let's say convenience of certain things, people are, are yearning for personal interaction, whether that is in, 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 um, in a shopping experience, in an experience in an organization, or within their relationships, right? So people, even if they can FaceTime every day, they value the personal interaction and the being together. And I think this, this already shows a little bit of where the future skills will go to, because with all the technology that helps us, it's this personal interaction that's going to come more and more important. So, Claudia, what can organizations do to raise their level of emotional intelligence? That's a, a complex question. Uh, we drilled it down in our research um, actually to four things. Um, one is really how can you integrate um, emotional intelligence as a capability into your talent management processes? And talent management processes means from the recruiting to learning programs to promotions, rewards, um, the whole cycle, how can you bring it in? So number one measure would be to adapt recruiting processes to include the evaluation of emotional intelligence. So it's not knowledge that you source for, but it's attitude, it's emotional like relationship skills. Um, number two would be then to review and customize learning programs that you have in an organization to include the building of emotional intelligence and make it accessible to all is a side comment that we made because you can see in our study that these programs that support the growth of emotional intelligence are usually for leaders. So making them accessible to all levels of the organization is important. Um, what does that mean? That means really to adapt learning programs from just pure classroom, maybe knowledge um, learning into practicing, into coaching-driven uh, learnings, um, self-study and, and self-awareness programs. Um, thirdly, um, I was mentioning promotion and reward mechanisms. So how can you apply an emotional intelligence lens on this? Why do you promote people to the next level? Is it because they're the best content expert, they're the best engineer, or the best data scientist, the best sales representative? Um, no, it's also a matter of how did they get there, right? So did they did they collaborate with all the other units that they, that they had to? Um, how did they treat the team members? How did they treat their colleagues? Um, so making it matter that you 
use your emotional intelligence and you you create an environment of learning and a culture that supports that is important. And the same goes then for rewards because um, that will drive behaviors the most. Um, fourth recommendation that we give, um, it's a rather uh, broader one, but how can you leverage technology and data and actually to build that culture? Our experience has been that technology accelerates learning and the ways of working and 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 the culture of emotional intelligence so can you leverage platforms to to disseminate some of the learning programs um, can you uh, build applications that foster continues um, reminders or um, foster new behaviors and new habits so how can you leverage technology and data to build this culture of emotional intelligence in an organization hmm. Uh, Tim, I, I'm also curious to see your view on how can you we use emotional intelligence to gain a competitive advantage. And maybe Claudia, if you'd add some to that, um, I, I'm curious to see. You know, is can you uh, get a competitive advantage from emotional intelligence, and then how can you get a competitive advantage from it? Yeah. Also a good question, Graham. I think, you know, what we see in our, in our research is that um, a lot of organizations and a lot of leaders within organizations recognize the importance of an emotion of emotional intelligence um, and the importance of developing emotional intelligence within their organizations. That said, relatively few organizations are actually doing anything, are actually doing anything about it. Um, so I think we, we see a big opportunity here um, for organizations to you know, put their money where their mouth is and both while they're both recognizing the importance of EI, also doing something about EI. Um, in the research that we've done, um, we've seen um, you know, pretty much two broad categories of benefits. We've seen benefits to the, to the organization, and we've seen benefits to the individual employees within the organization. So if we first look at, at, at the benefits within the organization, um, we see, um, we see some, some soft benefits. So higher employee, generally higher employee satisfaction, generally higher um, improved uh, client service or improved productivity and efficiency. See a fewer number of grievances, so kind of some some soft benefits, which are you know, quantifiable, but not but not strictly. Um, but we also see some really hard benefits that can help um, contribute to an organization's um, competitive advantage. Um, about sixty percent of the organizations that we surveyed um, see improvements in in such you know really. Uh, hard tangible business outcomes such as market share, um, decreased attrition, um, increased revenues, increased revenues per salesperson. Um, and as well, we saw we see some um, other direct cost savings such as reduced lost time due to accidents and, and illness. So I think from an organizational perspective, um, there are some really broad things, um, some really broad benefits to increasing the level of emotional intelligence within the organization. Claudia, how, how do you see that? Uh, how do you see that? Um, I would add on to it, um, to pick up one element of, of your question, Graham, you asked like, how can it be a like, key differentiator? Um, knowledge um, is easy to replicate, right? But if, if you establish a culture with, um, with people that want to collaborate, that want to learn, which are core um, skills 
um, in an emotional intelligent organization, um, that is something that is hard to copy um, for competitors. And so establishing this culture where people want to collaborate, um, want to communicate with each other, know how to communicate with, with, with each other, have trust, because what it, what, what it shows as well, the elements Tim was mentioning, right? Um, so um, well-being, productivity, um, uh, an urge to collaborate, all this creates trust. And trust actually accelerates um, productivity. Um, so there's, there's, there's a whole um, whole bunch of research out there, the, the meaning and, and the importance of trust for, for an organizational culture and how that can be unique um, in the market. And so that that is all, emotional intelligence is driving this kind of culture, which I think will, will help organizations to be better than their com- competitors. Hmm. Well, in conclusion, let's just say there's an employee or an executive listening to this podcast and they're just thinking through emotional intelligence. Do you have any final words or any final thoughts for this employee or executive? I'll, I'll take a uh, I'll take a stab at that, uh, Claudia. Yeah, I think I think it's it's important um, to really go through um, a sort of a, a systematic approach to thinking about emotional intelligence within the organization. And I think that starts with understanding um, the importance and the potential benefits of increasing emotional intelligence within uh, the organization, identifying within the organization what um, what the need is. Um, to increase emotional intelligence. I think it's important, secondly, to, to measure um, emotional intelligence. And, and you, know, you can do that for two reasons. You can do that um, for employees to recognize um, that they need to improve their emotional intelligence. You can also do it from the perspective of the organization to get a, a baseline of what their current level of emotional intelligence is so that some future point in time they can see um, whether or not emotional intelligence has improved within their organization and potentially they can correlate that to some of the hard benefits that we talked about earlier. As Claudia mentioned early, um, I mentioned at an earlier point, um, training and development, um, be it be it um, classroom, face to face, internal, external experts, is going to be very important um, in increasing. Uh, the level of EI within the organization, but that can also be supplemented, uh, as Claudia said, um, with you know perhaps application um, app-based uh, training or virtual reality based training, and uh, and of course also uh, buttressed with uh, with um, data, data that you might get out of uh, employee satisfaction surveys and other measures of um, and other measures of, uh, of of emotional intelligence. I think finally um, the the. The, an organization um, can begin to integrate EI into their business processes. And when I say finally, I don't mean that this is a sequential process necessarily, but integrating it into the business processes that Claudia talked about, um, recruiting and hiring, onboarding, um, continuous learning, feedback, talent management, um, and ultimately the organization's culture. So I think those are some things for uh, an organization to consider when they think about emotional intelligence. I would actually go on a more individual or more personal level of recommendations. I've got two. Um, number one is, um, let's start with the um, more uncomfortable one, and, and that is be comfortable with being uncomfortable because the journey to emotional intelligence is that discovering yourself, your own emotions, and also dealing with other emotions will make you uncomfortable as somebody who's going on that journey. So 
be okay with that. Um, and the second recommendation is enjoy the journey um, in trying out new ways of interacting with people, maybe new behaviors, new facets of yourself. Most people um, that I know, including myself, have certain neural shortcuts that they take in, in, in behaviors. And it's, it's, it's fun and interesting to see how other people react. If you change those typical patterns that people think you will have and, and the, the, they, they, they think they can predict how you will behave. So it's, it's a fun journey. So two recommendations, be comfortable with being uncomfortable and enjoy the ride. Well, thank you, Tim, and thank you, Claudia, for joining this podcast. If you're interested in reading more about the findings, opportunities, and recommendations in this report, you can visit our website and subscribe to receive future advanced copies of our Capgemini Research Institute reports at capgemini.com slash research institute. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Claudia. 